Hi, uh, Keith here. The Rebel Civic Show on the Unsafe Space Network is an education discussion show on the principles of government, society, and individual rights. Today, I'm going to talk about the baby food shortage in the U.S. and how it was created entirely by the federal government. Uh, the civics topic for today is to understand why it's both foolish and unconstitutional to let central control authoritarians in these three-letter agencies run every aspect of an industry. Uh, the shortages are a predictable outcome of the, of the U.S. government's Soviet-style management of the baby food formula, baby formula industry. Uh, so the first thing I want to look at, uh, Beverly, if you want to pop up the article, um, the question is, is it real? Um, so I want to look at, uh, this is a list of what the FDA regulates. This is what I want to do first. So this is a uh, website, uh, Data Assembly, baby food formula out of stock rate trends. So this is a study of the baby food. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is I wanted to make sure these uh, pictures weren't a scare tactic. I don't have a baby and I don't shop for baby formula, but uh, this is real. Um, based on the commotion, I already assumed it was real, but I was curious what the numbers were. So in early 2021, the uh, out-of-stock OOS, as they call it, uh, it varied between 2 and 8%. Um, it appears that that's kind of a typical uh, rate for products um, where there's a lot of variation in different different type products. Uh, in July of 2021, it started to go up um, and uh, it's up to like in 50% of some areas now. Um, I'm going to show you a chart here. Uh, this is from that same site, Data Assembly. Um, I went and found the original source because um, of where this is. is. <laughs> it's on a legacy media network. But anyway, it looks like the chart's right. So you can see here, um, 110, 21, it's a couple percent. Uh, so this is a year and a half ago. And then over the course of 2021, mid 2021, it started to come up um, around October. It was up in the 10, 15, up towards 20. Beginning of this year, it went over 20 uh, by 123. It's up in the 23%. Um, March, 30% out of stock. This is US average. And uh, by May 1st, it's 43 or so percent. Yeah, 43 percent overall in U.S. Uh, there's plenty of places where it's well over 50 percent. Depends on the uh, trend. So anyway, uh, this is real. Um, as you might guess, it's not an all of a sudden panic. Uh, as I said, I don't have a baby. I, I didn't know about this earlier, but... Um, in uh, talking around to some younger people that do have babies, uh, a lot of people knew this was happening for months. Um, they started to notice certain products were not uh, available. Um, so anyway, the problem is real. Um, a uh, interesting uh, tidbit here in this article, which wasn't what I originally set out to look for, uh, the price didn't change. Um, that's interesting. So something that goes from a out of stock rate of 3% and the average price is $24 for a case, whatever the format that they used here for that sell it. Uh, and it's up to 27% and the price 25%. Uh, that's a, uh, a secondary sign that there is no market here. Uh, this is not a free market. Uh, if it was a free market and the availability went from 3% to 50% out of stock, the price would change drastically. People would charge more 
and that would settle out a lot of the demand. So anyway, this one piece of information here means it is not a free market. It's far from it. Um, the total size of the market is about $4 billion a year in the U.S. And I've seen various numbers on it, but um, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 98% of the baby formula used in the U.S. is U.S. produced. That's another sign that it's not a free market because if it was a free market, people would be buying baby formula from all over the world. Uh, they do know how to make baby formula in Europe. Uh, they do have babies in Europe. Um, so we would, some people would prefer Europe. Um, actually, nutritional uh, is uh, requirements are a lot different in Europe. Um, some people do prefer the European. Uh, they allow goat's milk. Uh, they allow pasture-fed cow's milk to be used in baby formula, which U.S. manufacturers uh, apparently don't or aren't allowed to do. Um, there's different uh, requirements for the fat content. Um, all sorts of differences. A lot of people prefer Europe, but guess what? It's almost impossible and illegal to use Europe. Um, so as far as uh, the, the history here goes, um, there was a whistleblower in October 2021, quote unquote whistleblower. Uh, he reported sanitary problems at an Abbott factory in Michigan. Uh, not too much was done with that when it was reported. Um, I don't think uh, very few people heard about it. But anyway, uh, there were some bacterial infections um, and two babies died that were on formula uh, from that factory. Uh, that's a tragic thing. Um, the FDA got involved. Uh, there was a recall in February. Uh, so they recalled uh, a lot of formula from that plant and then they shut it down. Um, it's hard to tell if the FDA ordered it or they just complied. Uh, that's th there's both stories are all over the place. Um, it looks like the FDA told them to shut down and they did, but technically they did voluntarily. I couldn't figure that out. But without the FDA, they wouldn't be shut down. So as far as I'm concerned, the FDA told them to shut down. Exactly how that happened legally, I don't know. Anyway, that was in February. Uh, this particular factory, this Abbott. Um, the Abbott manufacturer, they have 43% of the U.S. market. So you don't have to know very much about economics to know that if you shut down the company that produces 43% of a $4 billion market, if you shut down their biggest factory, it's going to affect the availability. Um, and there's actually, it's not even that simple. It's worse than that because of how they do the availability. So the question then is, all right, the shortage is real. Uh, it was caused by uh, one plant shutting down, um, and the, the the effect we see is because of one plant shut down. But we're looking to, like, what is really the root cause? So just for fun, amusement purposes, I suppose, I checked MSNBC. Uh, MSNBC says the whole problem is caused by the CEO of Abbott refusing to take care of his equipment. Um, it's a capitalism problem, so they're saying if it wasn't for capitalism, uh, and greed and evil CEOs, uh, everything would be cool. Uh, every, all babies would have all the formula they needed for free if it wasn't for that. Uh, anyway, that's kind of the gist of the uh, legacy media. I, I checked a couple and they were similar. Basically, they blame capitalism and uh, corporate bacteria. Uh, the, the company itself is saying that they've never actually proved that the bacteria came from the plant. Um, doesn't look like that's even clear. 
Uh, but it's still shut down, been shut down since February. Um, huge plant in Michigan. The actual cause of the shortage is what I want to talk about because we're going to get into the civics part of this. Uh, so here's the next article. Um, this is uh, a, a wire cutter times, New York Times wire cutter article. Um, it's actually was about why parents choose European baby formula, um, which some parents do a very small amount. Uh, it's a couple, couple percent. Uh, here's an interesting line here. Uh, even the New York Times, although they think it's good, I think, but they say baby formula is one of the most tightly regulated food products in the U.S., with the FDA dictating nutrients, vitamins, setting strict rules on how the formula is produced, packaged, and labeled. So what this causes is that there's no such thing as a European baby formula manufacturer that's legal in the U.S. Uh, their labels are wrong. They're, it's not packaged right. Uh, they didn't apply to the FDA for the inspection. Um, they use goat milk. Can't do that. Uh, they use grass-fed cows that are raised in pastures. Oh, don't want to do that. Um, there's a long list of things that they do in Europe. But guess what? A lot of parents actually think the European rules are even better. Uh, generally, uh, from what I have saw, uh, most European countries and the EU, their rules are stricter. Uh, their baby formula is actually uh, even stricter than the U.S. FDA's rules, but it's not the same, so the FDA doesn't allow it. So guess what? It's technically illegal to report to the U.S., um, even though there's people that, that do it. Uh, this article, it's a New York Times, so keep that in mind. Um, they explain why. Very interesting here. The study's authors concluded there are safety concerns that arise from this formula. All right, so here's their safety concerns. Uh, this is funny. So uh, one of them is that some European formulas have instructions written in Dutch or German. So English-speaking people won't know what to do. European formulas are mixed differently. It's one scoop for one ounce of water, but the U.S. standard is one scoop for two ounces of water. So that's cause a problem, right? Um, actually, what they say is inadvertently dilute. I won't get into their... Um, not knowing too much about chemistry. Um, and then another problem is it's impossible to know if the European formulas were transported under safe temperature conditions because the FDA does not inspect the formula coming from Europe. And the European formula is maybe detained because they don't meet the FDA requirements. And also it'd be difficult to find out if they're subject to recall. Anyway, that's their entire list for why it's like dangerous and they should never be used. Um, the Department of Agriculture takes a firm stance. Input formulas that are improperly and illegally imported into the United States without mandated FDA review and supervision should not be used. Don't you dare use Europe. Um, then the article goes on to pick which one they like best and why Europe's better. Oh, there's another good one for the parents that are into nutrition. Uh, the EU baby formula, uh, they banned corn syrup in baby formula. Now, I didn't know corn syrup was used in baby formula, but I know enough to know. I don't think I would give my baby corn, an infant corn syrup as a sweetener. Um, milk doesn't have corn syrup in it. Um, also, they require 30% of the carbohydrates come to lactose. That sounds like a good idea to me too. Um, 
But anyway, uh, there are formulas in the U.S. that meet that carbohydrate requirement. So they go on to explain explain one. Anyway, um, that's another problem that the uh, the Europe Europe um, isn't allowed to import to the U.S. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about the regulations. So as I said, here's where the problem comes from. This article is from the FDA itself. So out of the horse's mouth, as they say, uh, even the FDA study admits that it's the problem. So the FDA knows that it's a problem, which is kind of amusing. Um, then they go into all the different things that are required for uh, registration, infant formula marketing, um, the submission requirements for paperwork, how you register it. Uh, I was going to read a paragraph here. Under authority of the Act, FDA has promulgated regulations that specify infant formula nutrient quality control procedures, records and reports, submission requirements under 21 CFR 106, labeling of infant formula, the terms and conditions along under which certain infant formula may be exempt from some of the Act's requirements, nutrient specifications, infant formula recalls. Uh, in 2014, they advised the formula regulations and added quality factors, good manufacturing practices, and revised quality control procedures. And there's a big document. Uh, this article goes on for pages about all the stuff you have to do. So I could imagine a uh, European manufacturer of infant formula would look at this and say, the hell with this. I'm not, I don't want anything to do with 21 CFR 106.96, 21 CFR 106.121, 21 CFR 107.100, 21 CFR 106.120, 21 CFR 106.121, the guidance for industry, E6, good clinical practices, um, 21 CFR 50, 21 CFR 56, uh, and then you got to, get in with all these other people here. Uh, section 412C1 of 21 CFR 106.110 and 21 CFR 106.120. Um, it looks to be like uh, a baby formula manufacturer probably needs a whole team of lawyers to keep up with the FDA and they need some lobbyists to schmooze the government. Uh, otherwise, you can't even be in business. Um, anyway, this is this is a big mess, and this is the FDA. So the FDA actually openly admits that they are the problem. Uh, it's a monopoly, and it's a government-produced monopoly. That's what causes the problem. Um, Abbott and Mead Johnson are two companies. They own about three-quarters of the market. Uh, right now, there's four companies. I found various numbers uh, between three, four, five. Uh, the, the, the problem is there's a couple there's a couple tiny ones that have like a fraction of a percent of the market. Um, there's now four companies: Abbott, Mead Johnson, Nestle, and Perigo uh, control 90% according to MSN right now. 98% of the baby formula used in the U.S. is domestically produced. That's not a free market. Um, the best, some of the best data I found is on this U.S. also on the USDA site. Um, this is a article from the USDA Economic Research Service, uh, Department of Agriculture. What they called it is uh, "winner takes almost all," almost in parentheses for those 
listening to the podcast version, how WIC affects the infinite formula market. Now you're really getting into how they created this disaster shortage and monopoly. WIC is the Women's, Infants, and Children's Program. It's a federal program, you can tell, because it's got three letters um, and, and an agency. It's all part of this FDA thing. So this is a USDA program, Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women's, Infants, and Children. That's the full name. It's generally just called WIC. Uh, guess what? WIC is the largest purchaser of infant formula in the United States. It's over 50%. Um, secondly, each state gives a sole source contract to a formula manufacturer. So the states under this program, each state picks one of the manufacturers. There's really just three main ones. Um, they have one of three to pick because it's very difficult uh, to manufacture under all the FDA regulations. So each state picks one. Um, people that participate in the WIC program, they get a voucher. Uh, this covers over 50% of the formula used in the US or 47% according to one number, but it's roughly half of all the infant formula used in the US is under the WIC program. Each state has a contract with one manufacturer and it's sole source. WIC recipients, as they call them, customers, some people call them, but they're not really customers. <laughs> Uh, unless you think I'm the one that's paying for it and they get the, the voucher. Uh, they can only use the voucher for the state approved manufacturer. Uh, that's called a monopoly, people. Um, so every state has a monopoly. Every single, all 50 states each have a monopoly among the three manufacturers that hold the contract for that state. It's an exclusive sale agreement. Um, here's the quote I was going to read. Uh, this is 2008 numbers. Uh, I'm using this one because... There's a lot of different numbers about the percentages of the market. Um, and most people don't cite the original source and they also don't say what year they're talking about. And it does vary. Um, but anyway, in 2008, this looks like a very solid study. I looked at some of the data behind it. 2008, three manufacturers accounted for almost 90% of all US formula sales. Abbott, who makes Similac, had a 43% share. Mead Johnson makes Enfamil, that's 40%. And then Nestle, which is now Gerber, makes good start. That's 15%. So those three together are 98% of the market in 2098. Since the mid-1990s, three, these three firms have been the sole manufacturer awarded WIC contracts. And remember, WIC is over half of the U.S. market. Um, Two-thirds of the, the sales are supermarkets and super centers. That's just how this kind of stuff works. Mass merchandisers. Um, because it's all under contracts. Uh, the government has its fingers in it. The state gets WIC money, so they're involved and embedded heavily with it. Um, the remaining comes out of drugstores and convenience stores. Uh, the smaller stores have a problem where they just can only carry a few items. So guess what? They carry the WIC ones since that's what half the people are using when they come with their vouchers. The WIC program itself creates the monopoly. It's not just the FDA. Um, it's, it's these two together. So the USDA and the FDA are the team that created a monopoly. Um, and as with all monopolies, it requires government because it requires force. Uh, there's only uh, one way to have a monopoly, and that's with force. And government is the biggest user of force. And so that's how these monopolies get created. Uh, 
the uh, as I said, that WIC is the largest purchaser of infant formula in the U.S. Um, that's the USDA statistic. Uh, it was 51% in, in 2008. Uh, it's a little higher than that now is my understanding, but I don't have the number. Um, since the 1990s, as I said, it's been sole source. The WIC vouchers can only be used by one place. The uh, Abbott, the company um, that had the plant shuttered three, four months ago uh, in February, they have the sole source contract for 47% of WIC infants. So 47% of the half that are using the WIC program are under Abbott. Uh, now, it doesn't take uh, much of a um, economic understanding to recognize that if you shut the factory for half, uh, it's going to cause a problem. Uh, why? You, you, you might wonder if this is on purpose. Uh, I won't go into any kind of theories like that. But anybody paying attention to this would have known in February, probably last July, that this was coming and that it would be what it is right now. Um, this is this is an easy problem to see for anyone's paying attention. Makes me wonder if they knew. Um, some of the uh, the other thing I want to talk about the illegal uh, thing. I was going to uh, show. Um, oh, next subject I want to talk about. Same thing. Uh, there's a spillover effect from WIC. So we hear people talking about the monopoly. Um, I looked into that. Like, how exactly is that monopoly made? So the monopoly is really created by the USDA and FDA. Uh, with the WIC program with 50%, what happens is there's a spillover effect. So non-WIC purchases, uh, regular people that aren't part of that WIC system, when they go and purchase it, they tend to be limited because stores carry the WIC product. So if half the product is, half the type of product is sold under WIC, which is single manufacturer, what all stores do is they have contracts with manufacturers and they have um, shelf space dedicated to certain products. If half their sales are for under the WIC program, which um, which comes from one manufacturer within the state, then guess what? Most of their shelf space gets devoted to that. So there's a huge spillover uh, into the rest of the market, which might otherwise be sort of a free market. Um, you'd, you'd hope it'd have some aspects of that, but nope, it doesn't. Uh, and it actually can't. Um, this same uh, report, I'm going to show this graph here, and I'll zoom in a little more here so you can see this. Um, this is a very interesting study. So California happens to be the largest uh, WIC program um, user, largest number of infants on WIC, which, no surprise, it's got the largest population. Uh, This zero week reference here is when the state decided to change their sole source manufacturer contract from one brand to another. Uh, they have a choice of three uh, and two of them are the two huge ones. Uh, I didn't even, I don't even know which one they changed, but from and to, it doesn't actually matter. So at week zero, they changed from the former WIC content brand. So this is the market share of the WIC um, products sold within California. It was around 90%. Uh, and this goes back 52 weeks. So it's it's a year of data. Flatline, 92%. Uh, that is no market, folks. You can tell the government's got its fingers all over this. Uh, this can't happen without something like that. So 90% 90, 90 former brand. The other two brands within the US 
Uh, there's the orange is the one they're going to change to in week zero. Green is the third brand. So here's the three bands. Um, one is 90%. The other two are both about 5% of WIC sales. This is WIC sales or WIC uh, voucher usage because I won't really call it sales because the government pays for it using stolen tax money. Um, I already did an episode on the stolen tax money prop. Yeah, I'll reference that later. So you get 5% of the other two here. Week zero, California changes their sole source contract. Guess what happens? In a matter of 10 weeks or so, um, company Orange goes from 5% to 95%. Boom. Um, you can imagine the amount of lobby dollars this orange company must spend in California. Uh, I wonder how many politicians got bribed and how many campaign coffers. Um, be a good question. Somebody wants to look into, let me know. How much did Nancy Pelosi get for, from this orange company? Uh, she's a, a quite influential California politician in D.C. Um, I, would, I, would, uh, I would be willing to bet pretty good money that company orange spent a ton of money lobbying. Anyway, the state picks, boom, orange goes from 5% to 95%. And we're talking California infant formula market here. Pretty big market. Blue company goes from 90% to asymptotically approaching zero. Uh, it's a killer. That that like totally kills a business. And the other brand, green, looks like they went from five to three. They were perturbed too. I don't have a theory on why, but... Um, it looks like it perturbed them too for some reason. Uh, so anyway, this is Wix sales. So you can see what happens when with 50%, a little over 50% of the total infant formula market in California by this study. Now for the fun part, which is really where I was going. This is obvious because sales source contract, but I wanted to just explain that. Um, sorry if I got a little geeky with the numbers. This is a chart of the spillover effect. So here's orange and blue and green brands, whatever companies they are. Uh, I didn't, like I said, I didn't look them up. I don't care. It don't matter. Um, blue was the former WIC contract brand. They were in kind of the 40, 50%. <coughs> excuse me. So they're doing pretty well. Um, this effect is because the WIC brand is going to be stocked uh, in more prominent places in the bigger supermarkets, uh, in small places like a convenience store. They may only carry the WIC brand, may only have one or two types, maybe one type. Um, so uh, you tend to get, you're going to tend to get a spillover effect for non-WIC sales. So anyway, Blue Company has a WIC contract. They're in the 40, 50 over the previous year. Week zero, there goes their sales, even for non-WIC. So they go from around 50% of the market to 25%. So their sales, for people that have nothing to do with the WIC program, got cut in half in California. Talk a big money there. Uh, Orange team, Orange company here, they were the ones who uh, won the lobby war. However, they managed to get the California contract. They go from 35% to 60%. Uh, the third brand, who wasn't the former one and isn't the new one, they stayed at the same 15%. So they have some diehard fans. So this is for sales of non-WIC product. So... Um, this is the spillover effect. So what, what happens with this between this chart, which is pretty much all the sales get awarded to the sole source contract, and this chart, which shows the spillover effect, 
Uh, it's a monopoly. So the state, the federal government gives money to the states and the states award a sole source contract under the federal government rules and it ends up being a monopoly. So guess what? There's a monopoly. And what happens in monopoly? You have production disasters. What happens in monopoly that's controlled by some elite cathedral in a faraway city that think they know exactly what to do? Uh, it's a Soviet-style production control. Um, the, the FDA and the USDA completely dominate how this market works. They create monopolies. Uh, each state has its own monopoly under the WIC program. And nearly all the sales and handouts from the government are through that. And if you change one, perturb one thing, uh, the whole thing comes crashing down. It's impossible for the market to handle a shift like one factory closing. Uh, the, the company Abbott has 34 states. Um, if, if you have 34 states, sole source contracts, and you shut down the biggest factory, um, that causes tremendous problems. And that's what happened. I was going to talk a little, little bit about the um, EU. It's not, let me see. Oh, okay. Uh, this is an Ontario factory. So I looked in a little bit of Canada, like Canada has babies. Um, they also have baby formula manufacturers. Now, importing from Canada, the U.S. is really bad. Canada has, yep, they're, they're, they don't follow the FDA regulations. Uh, this is a really interesting one. This is a company called Canada Royal Milk. Uh, they use Canadian dairy, uh, which is tough to sell because Canadian cows, I guess, are different. You can't sell that in the U.S. Um, they got $225 million in taxpayer dollars from the Canadian government. But that's not really my topic here. It's owned by China. It's a Chinese company called Fai Hai, apologies for my spelling, Fai Hai International, um, according to this True North um, Canadian Royal Milk. Now, what they said here, uh, I highlighted this, Canada Royal Milk will be able to sell products domestically once the regulatory process is complete and approvals granted. By domestic, they're talking about the Canadian market. Um, this is a quote from the company. This is delayed timelines for entry into domestic and North American markets. So uh, for people that follow general things, uh, China does is willing to sell things to the U.S. A Chinese-owned company in Canada that makes baby formula, uh, I have to assume they would love to sell baby formula to the U.S., uh, but they're not allowed. That's very difficult. So they're trying, but no, nope, you can't make baby formula in Ontario and drive across the border and deliver it to babies in America. So even Canada is, is severely restricted. Um, they would like to though, according to their regulatory hurdles. All right. So y'all understand the problem. Uh, the federal government created this problem. Um, so what are they doing? Next topic They're Guess what? They're doing more government action. So, the, uh, the, the, the government, um, their idea is to, is to um, add more laws. They're going to pass more bills. And the, uh, here's a chart I was going to show with, with, with um, the different states. So this is the uh, Abbott company, this uh, scribe website. Um, Abbott has 49 state agencies. It's 34 geographic states in Washington, D.C., 10 tribal organizations, four territories. So this is the list of places uh, that 
that are Abbott sole source. Um, this is a, this is a crazy system. This is an absolutely insane system. Um, when I first heard about this, I wondered, should I do an episode on this? Uh, it, it's way worse than I thought. Uh, it's way more corrupt. Um, this is not capitalism. This is crony capitalism, which is not capitalism. That's why you have to put the crony in front of it. Uh, this is ripe for all kinds of corruption and influence. Um, just look at these states. This is all Abbott. Um, so uh, what has Congress done? Um, they passed a new bill. They're giving emergency authority to the WIC program. And they're doing an emergency spending bill. Now, that's pretty funny. Um, their idea of what to do, a problem created entirely by too much government, is to you give extra power to the programs that cause the problem and also throw more money at it. Um, the House Oversight Committee plans an investigation. Oh, good. That'll help. Uh, the House Energy Committee is going to hold hearings. I'm not sure what the Energy Committee has to do with this. Maybe it's a distribution of transportation, but apparently the House Energy Committee is all upset and they're going to hold some hearings. And the House Appropriation Committee is going to hold hearings. So the House is on the job. Um, President Biden or his handlers, he invoked the Defense Production Act. Uh, this is when you go to war, which I guess the FDA and USDA are at war on babies. So maybe that's how they justify this. Uh, the Defense Production Act, that's to uh, manufacturers get dibs on, on whatever they need. Uh, so the ingredients needed by the baby formula manufacturers, uh, the, uh, under the Defense Production Act, uh, in times of war, they can get a uh, first cut at, at the milk, I guess, and vitamins and that sort of thing. Uh, so that's what Biden does. Uh, the second thing Biden did, he's authorized the DOD to use contracts for, with um, commercial airlines that they have for moving equipment and people around to ship formula from overseas. So they go from not allowing formula made in Europe to come into the U.S. to using uh, taxpayer DOD money. So this is money for a war that's allocated to the DOD. They're going to use that to bring baby formula into the U.S. That's his reaction. Um, uh, hint, President, why don't you just get rid of the other rules that cause the problem instead of making new ones? So uh, if you were wondering if there's a war on babies, um, I think I, I might have called it that in some of the stuff I wrote summarizing this, uh, the FDA's war on babies. Uh, it is a war. In fact, they're using uh, the Department of Defense to fight this war, and they're using money uh, that's that's for defense. So if you think the DOD is about defense, nah, that's not what it's about. Um, Congress did pass a bill. Uh, they passed a bill, $23 million um, to keep the babies from starving, I guess. So they're, they're going to put $23 million. Um, the other thing that's uh, passed in the last week, money, emergency money appropriation, $40 billion to keep the proxy war with Russia going. Uh, at least until the midterms, they think for $40 billion. Um, they spend more money than the Department of Homeland Security uses in a year, more money than the Russian government spent to date on their military. Um, they can keep that war going. I know I'm digressing a little, but my point is to say, is Congress worried about keeping the war going until the midterm elections, or are they worried about babies? 
So I ran the numbers on my calculator. Uh, it's Congress is 1,739 times more concerned with keeping the European war going than they are with American babies starving based on that metric caveat that's based on what they're actually spending money on. So does Congress care? Apparently not. Um, you would think American babies starving would be an important thing. Uh, they're they're going to hold some hearings and maybe do something. Uh, the last thing that, that I found that the government's done in the last week or two, uh, the FDA just quote unquote struck a deal allowing Abbott to reopen the Michigan plant. Now, I don't know why they had to strike a deal. Um, they could just shut, the FDA could just shut their doors uh, and I would imagine the Abbott plant would be open very quickly. Um, anyway, they struck a deal. It's got to be approved by some other three-letter agencies, uh, the USDA, and I, I, I don't know who. Uh, anyway, that has to be approved. Uh, once it's approved by some other three-letter folks in the Cathedral of D.C., then it um, goes to court. So for some reason, a court has to approve this deal that was just struck to get the plant open to make baby formula. And keep in mind, <laughs> it's... I'm sorry, I, I feel terrible for people that whose babies don't have any formula. Um, this this whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, the um, company estimated once they're given the green light, it'll take them about two weeks to reopen. Uh, and then somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 weeks before anything hits the shelves. So uh, we're still three months out from you know that that huge company that has 47% of the U.S. market and sole source in 34 states from producing something in their big Michigan plant. Um, all right. Uh, I was going to talk about some of the other products that are risk. This is the last article I'll share. Um, this led me down thinking about what else is at risk here? Like, I didn't know about the baby formula one, but then I don't buy baby formula. And uh, I'm I'm past the point where most of my friends have infants in life in my years. Uh, so I didn't hear about it, but apparently a lot of people did know. Uh, you remember the the beef shortage recently? Uh, same kind of problem. That was a regulation. I think it was U.S. Department of Agriculture regulation of the monopoly meat packing. There's only a couple of meat packing plants in the whole U.S. And same kind of thing. They shut down one huge crisis. All of a sudden, you can't buy hamburgers. Um, so anyway, I was curious, like what, what else should we be worried about that the FDA could regulate? So I found this article. Um, and as far as sources goes, I went to, again to the, to the best source, the US FDA, like, okay, what do you think you regulate? So this is from the, uh, FDA website. Uh, the scope of the FDA's regular authority is very broad. And then they go into their responsibilities. Um, this is a good, keep in mind here. This is not an exhaustive list. Uh, probably the FDA can't even come up with an exhaustive list. They probably don't even know all their own rules. Uh, but anyway, the FDA regulates foods, including dietary supplements, bottled water, food additives, infant formulas, other food products. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty broad category. Um, they do say the US Department of Agriculture plays a lead in some aspects. Uh, drugs, uh, the drugs is a big market. Of course, they're going to be in the drug business. Prescription drugs for brand name and generic, non-prescription drugs, biologics, vaccines for humans, blood and blood products, cell and gene therapy products, which is actually what 
they were calling the vaccine last year, the COOF stuff. Oops, I forgot we're on YouTube. I better not talk about that. Um, tissue and tissue products. Uh, that's interesting. Allergenics. Uh, skin, I guess that is. Um, stuff for allergies. Medical devices. Tongue depressors. I guess those little cardboard tongue depressors could be next. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a monopoly on tongue depressors and the FDA has to inspect and um, regulate them. Bedpans. They regulate bedpans. Heart pacemakers. Dental devices. Surgical implants. Prosthetics. Microwave ovens. I didn't know this one. The FDA regulates microwave ovens. X-ray equipment. Laser products. Ultrasonic therapy equipment. Mercury vapor lamps. Sun lamps. Cosmetics. Skin moisturizers. Nail polish. Perfume. Color additives from makeup. Livestock feeds, pet foods, veterinary drugs and devices. Tobacco products like cigarettes, roll your own tobacco, smokeless tobacco. Um, all right. That's enough articles. You can shut down the article part, Beverly, if you want. Um, okay. I hope you all understand the problem now, uh, where this comes from. Uh, the FDA, it, it, it's, it's ludicrous. What they're, what they're controlling. Every other product that I listed there uh, has the same kind of problem. They could easily, they could easily have this, this um, problem. Any one of those, the same thing could happen. Uh, baby formula maybe is the worst one, but we just saw the example of meat recently. Um, all right. So uh, I want to talk briefly about monopolies. So like I said, this is a monopoly. The only way to have a monopoly that can last for any amount of time is force. So it is possible for, say, a drug dealer in one block of an inner city uh, to maintain a monopoly on a certain drug. Um, it's possible for the, the mob uh, in part of Chicago in the 30s to maintain a monopoly on alcohol sales among all the bars during Prohibition. Um, they use force. Uh, those are a couple, couple example monopolies. Uh, the biggest monopolies and the only monopolies that can sustain long-term now, not counting black market drugs, is government monopolies. Um, without force, and generally that force is government because government has a monopoly on force, initiation of force, initiation on violence. Without the force, you can't have a monopoly. Without government, you can't have a monopoly on baby food um, formula. Uh, without the FDA and USDA monopoly and the states going along with it, you can't have this baby formula shortage. The free market would easily take care of a problem like this. There wouldn't be three manufacturers. There'd be much larger numbers. Uh, states wouldn't have sole source contracts. Um, another manufacturer, if a plant closed, another manufacturer would step up production. And um, most people wouldn't even know about the problem. Uh, so the government caused this. And, you know, I, I but would like to see, wait to see what else happens. Um, all right. This is a civic show. So I want to talk a little bit about the Constitution. Uh, anybody that's been listening or is following the Constitution for a while knows this is illegal. Like there's Congress can't do this. Uh, the FDA itself is illegal. Uh, so I'm going to pull out my handy pocket Constitution and try to get that in front of the camera for you. all This is what I've been using. Um, so for this, you. Uh, we see like, where does the FDA's authority come from? I actually read the FDA's website on where their authority comes from. Uh, I would have showed it, but spoiler alert, it's a bunch of bogus 
nonsense. Um, they they just claim it comes from congressional law and blah 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 blah. Pages and pages of of history and disasters, previous disasters, and arguments of if you didn't have the government, everything would be bad. People would be poisoning us, and um, nobody would know what to eat. Uh, ba- people wouldn't know what to feed their babies. Um, you have to have a government to take care of that. So as far as the Constitution goes, we want to know what is Congress actually allowed to do? Because Congress created the, the FDA. Uh, Section 8, which is one page of this little booklet here. That's uh, an interesting background trick. Um, it lists all the things that Congress is allowed to do. So remember that the way the Constitution works, the states created the federal government. Uh, the states were the higher sovereign authority. The states created the federal government. They wrote the Constitution. They allocated certain powers to the government. Uh, expressly delegated is the word they use. So Section 8 of Article 1 expressly delegates all the things that Congress is allowed to do, which they're the ones that fund everything. So they're the ones that, that do, say, baby for formula regulation. Uh, I reread it. It takes about two or three minutes. Um, there's nothing in here about baby formula, as you might guess. Uh, there's no legal authority for Congress to do any of this, including create the FDA itself. Uh, the FDA is illegal. Um, the, 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 it starts out Section 8 with Congress shall have the power to blah, 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 blah. Then there's a bunch of sections here, and it lists everything. Um, now, the one article, one paragraph in here, a clause, I'm going to read that is sometimes used to justify this, and I saw a few people uh, bantering this about. Um, Congress shall have the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states. Again, that's from Section 8 of Article 1. Uh, Congress does have the power to regulate trade between the states and between foreign nations. So what they've done with this power is they've completely eliminated trade with foreign nations. You can't import, basically you can't import product any in any significant quantity from any other country for baby formula. So that's what they did with that. As far as amongst the several states, what they love to claim is that because they can regulate amongst the several states, they can do anything they want. Um, these come from several Supreme Court cases that are always trotted out uh, as a benefit, um, as the as the rationale for this. Um, they're all ludicrous. You know, the, the uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in more detail later. But anyway, commerce, the point of this was to make sure that states didn't restrict each other from trade. That's what they meant by regulate. Uh, they used it, regulate, make regular. So the Commerce Clause means to make trade regular. Uh, that was put because before they had the Constitution, under the Articles of Confederation and some of the arrangements bef- before that, in the 1770s, 1760s, states were taxing each other. So uh, they states could create a tariff on products from other states. So one of what, what this did is it made states not allowed to put tariffs on imports from other states. So if you're a member of the United States, you produce a product, another state can't tariff a product manufactured in your state. Um, That's what they mean by regulate. They didn't mean regulations in FDA. So the problem here, um, the FDA is illegal. Uh, 
So if you want to solve this problem, this is really easy, people. Like, it seems easy peasy. I don't know why I just don't do this. Separate the federal government from the baby formula business. Uh, we don't need to pay D.C. bureaucrats to do Soviet-style uh, central control of, of a whole industry. It's a $9 billion business, $9 billion industry in the U.S. Like, let it go. Um, the FDA and the USDA, just shut them down, send all those people home, make them get a real job. Um, for people that are a fan of, of changing amendments, like uh, you don't need it because Article 1, Section 8 doesn't define anything for them, for Congress to do. They're not authorized to do anything related to food, but we could add something to Amendment 1. So I was thinking uh, that's the one that starts out, Congress shall make no law. Uh, talks about freedom of speech and that. Um, there's five things in there. So exercise for home. Name all five in the First Amendment. Let's add a sixth one. We say uh, Congress shall make no law respecting food and medicine. Uh, that would have got rid of the COOF problem last year. That'll get rid of the baby formula shortage. The hamburger thing would have happened. The beef shortage last year. Um, seems like an easy problem to me to fix. Um, just add a six restricting for food and medicine. Uh, shut down the FDA, eliminate the, the WIC program. Uh, if a state, and I'm talking about the federal government, if a state wishes to have a program on baby formula, it can constitutionally. Uh, you should do what you want in your state. As far as my state of Florida goes, I would argue don't do that. I don't want the state government to be involved in baby formula either. Um, the, the theory behind the arguments basically boils down to Without the federal government, uh, baby formula manufacturers would produce poison uh, and kill babies. And parents would have no idea what to feed their babies. And no private organization would recommend and certify baby formula. That's basically the argument um, that you couldn't keep babies alive without the FDA and the government help um, or babies would get sick. But uh, babies have been around for a long time uh, before the FDA. Um, I don't credit the FDA with with uh, the health rate changes in babies, um, and they're causing problems. Um, all right. Anybody has any questions on all that? Uh, I enjoy the, the debate. Um, put some comments in. Uh, we got a new thing we're starting here uh, on Rebel Civics. When we do a live show, we're going to do a quiz. So I have this fun thing. I'm a constitution geek. I got the U.S. Constitution quiz deck. So I'm going to ask a question from the U.S. Constitution quiz deck. And anybody that has the answer, send an email to speak at unsafespace.com and include a mailing address. And whoever has the right answer, whoever wins the best answer, we're going to send you one of these. All right, this question uh, from the quiz it's actually about musical instruments, but I'm going to change it to baby formula. Can the federal government regulate the business of a manufacturer that produces baby formula only in California? So that's the question for today. If you know the answer to that, and I want the constitutional answer from the founders, um, not necessarily what's on the back of this card, because uh, as you might imagine, not all these cards are correct. So if you can answer that question, we'll send you a send you a constitution, a pocket constitution. All right. Uh, conclusion. 
the infant formula shortage, it's entirely a government-created crisis. Uh, the federal government and the state's governments together, they're a team. They created this crisis. If we didn't have an FDA, we wouldn't have this particular shortage. Like, that's a simple thing. Uh, if it wasn't for the FDA, this wouldn't exist. Uh, we probably wouldn't have even known about maybe any problem in the Abbott plant, if the Abbott plant even existed in Michigan. Uh, there'd probably be plants all over the place. We'd be importing from Europe. We'd be importing from Canada. Um, they do have babies in those places and they know how to make formula. Um, the government's reaction is more government reaction. Uh, government action has never ever fixed a problem that was caused by too much government action. So everything they're doing, it ain't gonna work. It's just gonna cause more problems. They may get the shelves stocked for a little while, but the problem is inherent. It's it's not going to be fixed by 23 million from Congress and a a um, committee hearing. Um, and I just close with, I think the ladies, you should consider yourself lucky that the FDA doesn't regulate and mandate reports and inspect and license and approve your breasts. Um, and maybe that's coming. Uh, don't be surprised. Uh, maybe you won't. Certain people won't be allowed to feed their babies if you use government formula. So, all right, folks, um, we got to stop them from doing this. This is their. They created the problem. Uh, we need to stop them. So, thanks for watching. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production does not meet WHO health and safety standards. Please report to a United Nations sanitization center immediately. Association with the following individuals is strictly prohibited. Experts who benefit from printing money agree that printing money does not cause price inflation. Trust me, just two more weeks to slow the spread of monkeypox. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.